Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello and welcome to Voice of the Church. I'm Pastor Ryan Swale. It's good to be with you again. We've been looking at selections from the Song of Songs. I'm reading this book the way that the church has for much of its history as a, a biblical theological depiction of the mutual love between the son of David and his bride. Uh, written as a song to move our affections and make us feel Christ's love. Looking today at the Song of Songs, picking up in chapter 3, this book begins in chapter 1 with an exclamation of desire as the the bride-to-be sings of her love and desire for the king, the king who is worthy of her praise. And then on into uh, chapter 2, particularly the latter half of chapter 2, the king invites her to come away with him. It's an invitation to marriage, to which she responds at the end of the chapter, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. She says, hurry back and be like a gazelle. It's a a request for a, a short engagement. Request for him to hurry up and, and make the necessary preparations. Eventually, in chapter 3, verse 6, he will return. But in, in the passage before us today, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, it's the time of their betrothal, where she says in 3, verse 1, On my bed by night I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. And then she says, I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? She asks. And scarcely had I passed by them when I found him whom my soul loves. And I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into the chamber of her who conceived me. In this poetic description of the period of their separation, the bride-to-be risks her life looking for her beloved, and she will not rest until she finds him. In fact, she cannot rest because she is so consumed with the thought of her beloved. And what's interesting about this poetic description is that it resembles psalms like Psalm 42 and especially Psalm 63 where the believer feels a sense of separation from God. Psalm 63 speaks of seeking God but not finding him, of lying in bed at night yearning for him, and finally of clinging to him, as in Song of Songs 3 verse 4. Now, Psalm 63 is a song about his love that, that employs marital imagery like coming under his wings. Think of, of that in the context of Ruth 2 and marriage or, or concepts in Psalm 63 like clinging to the Lord. Think of, of Genesis 2 and that language of, of leaving and cleaving or clinging. And so Solomon, the author of the Song of Songs, patterns this part of the song after his father's psalm, Psalm 63, about God. And so what I'm suggesting is this longing in Song of Songs 3 is described for us to teach us not just about marriage, but that to which marriage points, communion with Christ. Uh, Probably the most striking feature of the bride's speech is the way that she describes her beloved as the one my soul loves. 
You see that in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4. And it sounds a bit like Deuteronomy chapter 6, where we're told, you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul. It seems to be a deliberate echo of the most well-known verse in the Old Testament here, confirming that the king in this song represents the divine bridegroom, Solomon's son, Jesus Christ. In other words, the one my soul loves is the Lord. And the word for seek or, or sought that comes up four times in this passage is used throughout the Bible of God's people seeking him. First Chronicles 16, seek the Lord, seek his strength, seek his face. Isaiah 55, seek him while he may be found. Uh, Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and find me when you search with all your heart. Psalm 63, Deuteronomy 4, over and over. It comes up in Hosea in the context of seeking the Lord as bridegroom. The word that the bride uses for seeking is most commonly associated with the Lord, the one whom our soul is to love, the one who we're to cling to. Notice she she holds him and will not let him go, verse 4, has overtones of, of loyalty and faithfulness, not unlike the loyalty and faithfulness that God's people are to have for him as they cling in covenant and do not forsake him. The language used throughout this portion of the song is language of the Old Testament for the way that God's people are to seek him and cling to him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. The devotion of the bride is to be the devotion God's people have for him. What we see in Psalm 42 or Psalm 63 where the psalmist's soul is downcast in in the absence of God where he's lying on his bed throughout the night is in Psalm 77. This is a song about desire for the Lord. It's a song about those seasons where he feels absent and we long for him to feel near. Have you ever had those seasons? Look with me then at the bride and take comfort, first in her sad condition, then in her earnest seeking, and finally her sweet embrace. In verse 1, we see her sad condition in this imagery of night. As in Psalm 63 or 77, where it says, I meditate on you and in the watches of the night, my hand is stretched out in the night without ceasing. One writer says the sleepless night is a biblical archetype. The psalmist often pictures night as a time of uncontrollable weeping and unidentified terror. The bride's sad case is implied in those two words, the beginning of this section, by night speaks of darkness and affliction as opposed to joy and light. And this is not just a one-time occasion, but if you look, for instance, at the NASB, it says, On my bed, night after night, I sought him. It's in the plural. Some suggest this may even be a dream, and if so, a recurring dream where the poetic description of the bride is that of a distressed lover in the prolonged absence of the one her soul loves. Maybe you can relate to that in some sense. Maybe you and your spouse had a season of of long distance prior to marriage. Or or maybe you've had a rough breakup where you miss that person deeply. Maybe you've lost a spouse to death and the nights feel long. Or you see others all around you getting married and nothing seems to be happening for you and you lie awake at night afraid of being alone. In each case, you have a deep longing. That's something like what the bride feels. And it leads to anxiety and and distress. 
And what the song is telling us is the sort of deep longing pictures, the, the kind of longing we're to have for the Lord. And those times where he feels distant, he, he feels far off, prayers feel unanswered. Here in the bride's sad condition, we have a word of comfort for those times. As John Owen once said, I sought him but found him not, is a thing which not seldom befalls us in our communion with Christ. It's normal. Here we have a picture of those seasons where Christ seems to have removed his presence where we go through the motions of the Christian life with little enjoyment, longing for a sense of his presence, seeking him, but not finding. But thankfully, that's not all the bride gives us. So look at me next at the bride's earnest seeking. She seeks him in verse 1. It says, I sought him, but found him not. She seeks him again in verse 2. I'll rise and go about the city, the streets, and the squares. I'll seek the one I love. Four times, it tells us she seeks him. As I said, this verb is often used in connection with seeking the Lord. Deuteronomy 4, Isaiah 55, Jeremiah 29. And in each of those cases, the Lord gives his people every assurance that when they seek him, he will avail himself to them. In fact, that's what we sing of in the Psalms. Or a psalm like Psalm 13 that begins asking, How long will you forget me, Lord? Forever will it be. It ends that, that the Lord has dealt bountifully with us. Or Psalm 42 begins with a a panting and thirsting, but ends with hope in God. It's the same movement in Psalm 63 or Psalm 77. The Lord gives every assurance to his people that if they seek him, they will find. And when she does find him, I want you to look with me at her sweet embrace. It says, Scarcely had I passed by the watchman when I found the one my soul loves, and I held him and would not let him go until I'd brought him to the house of my mother and the chamber of her who conceived me. I notice two things about this embrace its intensity and its aim. She clings to him like a, a woman whose fiance has just come back from war, and, and she will not let him go until I had brought him into the chamber of her who conceived me. This is Genesis 24, language of the marriage bed. She is longing for the consummation of their marriage, for union and communion, even as we're to long for such with Christ. That's the point of the book. That even though there will be those times of spiritual lethargy where he feels distant as he does in a psalm like Psalm 63, we seek him and he will avail himself to us. We seek him by the means that he has appointed, word and sacrament, prayer, fellowship with his people. And when we find him, we cling to him and do not let him go. If you're listening today and you feel a sense of emptiness, a a sense of longing, feel weary, come to Jesus, the bridegroom whose sweet embrace is the thing your soul longs for. Come to him by faith and repentance. And enjoy that sweet union and communion the bride speaks of in verse 4. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you.